Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello friends, I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com and I'm so glad you're here with me today. We're going to talk a little bit about keeping a Christ focus during our Christmas celebration and as the busy Christmas season is upon us, we can find ourselves all wrapped up, literally wrapping too, right? In planning and cooking and cleaning, shopping, decorating, ministry activities, and a multitude of other tasks that seem to come about during the Christmas season in addition, really, ladies, to just the normal activities of life that we are dealing with. So I know for me personally, I can lose focus and I need to continue to pray to the Lord to remind me to have the heart of Mary and not get caught up with the attitude of Martha and all the things that need to be done. I'm a very task-focused person and it's just how my mind works, so I really need to be intentional and prayerful to not miss the wonder of the Christmas season. So that's my hope today as we share together. Let me read you Luke 1, 28 and 29. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. That passage in Luke, in Luke 1, 28 and 29, reminds me to wonder, or in the Greek, it means to keep pondering, as Mary did, the truth of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. It is an amazing truth that the God of the whole universe took on human flesh to live and walk among us as one of us, so he could take our sins upon himself and die for us, an undeserving, wretched people. We have much to ponder and be thankful for. So that passage reminds me, along with Luke 2.19, where Mary treasured and pondered these things in her heart. I love Mary because she was a thinker. More than once, we find her pondering and treasuring up these things in her heart. Pondering is hard work, which is why many of us never get around to it. Sometimes we've heard the Christmas story so often that it's lost its impact on us. The Christmas season can have us so busy and tired that we don't have time to think deeply about the things that Mary thought about. I picture Mary looking at sweet little Jesus as she holds him in her arms and thinking to herself, this is God in the flesh. She's just a young girl, and she has just given birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Sometimes in our Christian walk, when we first meet the Lord, when He saves us, we are in awe. And as time goes on in our walk, we can sometimes just get lost in the busyness and mundaneness of life and really not take the time to meditate deeply on God's Word and the realities of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. The Christmas season can be a time, a reminder for us to refocus, to again think deeply about the realities of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. God's word is alive. It's true. I want to continually know and grow more in my love and knowledge of who the Lord is and truly ponder deeply on those things so they take root and they bring change about in my walk with him. 
that they grow me more in my love for him and through that in my love for others. And that's starting within the four walls of my own home. So I want us to be reminded that if you are a child of God, if you have been born again and you are known by the Savior, you have been chosen to be an instrument that God is using to fulfill his purposes. Mary was chosen to give spiritual life to the Son of God. And we're chosen to to give spiritual life and encouragement to others. So some questions to think about. Are we living an eternally focused life? Do we take the time to share the truth of the life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ with others, including those within our own homes? So many times we don't enjoy the moments the Lord has given us, those moments where we should be taking the time to give family and friends our undivided attention. So ladies, in this busy season, when things are just crazy and you just seem like you don't have a second because I'm so guilty of this, when your husband comes up to hug you and you're in the middle of a mess in the kitchen, stop and enjoy the moment. Listen, I have to remind myself continually in my head because I am so task focused and I think, goodness, doesn't he see what I'm doing? But what is more important, the dishes or hugging my husband? So also get down on the floor and look those little ones in the eyes when you're talking to them. Be generous with your family and your children with hugs and love and attention. Don't let the busyness take control of your time on or really the reality of what is most important. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us to be thankful in and through all things, even the busy times like the Christmas season. (laughs) So we need to be mindful during those seasons to be thankful. Memorize Philippians 2.14, to do all things without grumbling or complaining. No complaining, no matter how chaotic the days may seem. Get some quiet time away from the busyness to pray and be alone with the Lord. Read and reread the Christmas passages in scripture alone in your quiet moments and together as a family. I think of Matthew chapter 1, Luke chapter 2, Isaiah chapter 7 and 9, and even throw in chapter 53 in there and Micah chapter 5. Such a reminder for us is that Mary knew God's word, all right? In the time that Mary lived, she was probably illiterate. But she had heard the word of God and kept it hidden in her heart. How well do we know God's word? Are we able to speak the words of his truth to others? And do we speak his truth to our own hearts? Is our time in the word an important part of our day, no matter how busy the schedule looks? We can always find time to sit at the Lord's feet. So let's talk a little bit to to just move on. How do we keep Christmas simple? What does that practically look like? And I'm going to throw this at you. It takes planning and being intentional. It won't just happen, right? Even keeping Christmas simple doesn't happen without thinking about how that looks for your family. I want to share, and I'm going to go through this fairly quickly, an example of what a simple Christmas looks for us now as a family. And this is going to look different for every family. I am not saying that you use this as a blueprint. I, again, I'm just throwing what we do out there just for some ideas and to get your mind racing and thinking through things. This is going to look different for every family because it depends on the season of life the Lord has you in. You probably, most likely, have little still at home or older children, or you may be um, empty nesters or taking care of an aging parent. 
I'm now a grandparent and an empty nester, so it looks different for me than when my children were young and at home here. Before I share some thoughts about what it looks like practically to keep Christmas simple, because what I'm sharing with you is not a template. I know I've said this, I'm going to repeat it though, for what your family should do, but I'm just sharing what our family does. I like examples because for me, it gets my mind working. I'm not naturally creative, so I do need a little help sometimes. And what I'm sharing, it's not meant to look like a checklist or to follow. I want to lay something first to our young mamas listening though before I do this, and maybe our older ones too. So if there's one thing, if this is the only thing you take out of my time today with you in this podcast, if there's one thing I want you to grasp this Christmas season is don't get caught up in the comparison trap. Comparison robs you of your energy and joy to love and care for your own family with the heart of joy and thanksgiving. True biblical contentment is not rooted in our circumstances, but in God himself. It's not the gingerbread houses or cookies or special meals that'll have the most impact on your family. It is the attitude of your heart. It is them seeing the gospel lived out in your day-to-day life, even in the midst of the busy seasons. So make sure you are loving on them, modeling Christ to them, practice giving thanks in all things. Take the time to just sit and chat and hug on them and pray to the Lord for continued patience during this sometimes busy season and be reminded that true joy and contentment is only found in Christ. Let them see that you are dependent upon Jesus for all things. And this is always my closing, but again, as my husband always reminds me because I need this reminder too, Jesus is enough always. So we start our Christmas season with an Advent book to read through. Um, Desiring God has some free ones online. I did put some Advent resources in a blog post um, maybe a week or so ago, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes. But this year, my husband and I are going to use a new one out by Paul Tripp, and I've I've just kind of peeked at it. I've not spent time in it yet. Um, It's called Come Let Us Adore Him, and I'll put that link in the show notes too. Sometimes we may just read through the Gospels together as a family or look at the prophecies of Christ. Our gift giving has gotten pretty simplified, and we're a smaller family too. So I, I, you know, I have it a little easier here than some of you. And we've used various methods for gift giving to, ch- to, to, to our children and now to our grandchildren. Sometimes we've done the three gifts as an example of the three gifts given to baby Jesus. Gold was an item they would really like, frankincense Um, frankincense was an item for spiritual growth and myrrh was a personal item like clothing or perfume or this year we're going to do simple four gifts per grandbaby something they want something they need something to wear and something to read and I know it helps my daughter to not have too much clutter building up because none of these kids need more toys right I know that's a challenge so we try to do it in a way that is helpful to them and I always seek her out to see what her needs are and what she would desire for the kids. Um, And then one of my most difficult tasks is when I'm choosing a book to give to um, a family member or a friend. We always give books that have impacted us spiritually in some way as gifts during the Christmas season, and it could take time to choose the right book for each person. But I love giving books, and I love getting books, so that's a favorite of mine. Um, just a reminder here too, gifts to friends and family don't need to be expensive. There's some great ideas out there that truly touch the heart and not your pocketbook. And some favorites and simple ideas that we've loved over the years, both giving and receiving are good books, which I've already stated. Um, you can write a beautiful thank you letter to someone, write letters telling others that you appreciate about them, um, make your own coupon books, 
great gift for your kids or for grandparents are photo albums. They are great gifts. And one that I have been hooked on lately is Chatbooks. It's a it's an app for your phone and you can automatically upload your pictures to it. And I, I don't know the exact cost now, but I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It is such a simple way and it has gotten those photos off my phone and um, physically in these little books that are just the sweetest little size and I keep them on coffee tables. And I'll tell you, anytime somebody comes over, they are always picking up those books. My grandbabies love them to just look at the pictures of themselves from Nana's phone. So that's so fun. So photo albums are great gifts for grandparents or aunts and uncles or faraway people. Sending a video of your children to grandparents um, far away is a great and appreciated gift. Uh, Do you have a favorite item you bake to give as a gift to others? Baked goods are always a great treat. When I was younger, my mom and I used to make candy together, and that was a big thing at Christmas season. We would make tons of special little candies and things to package up in sweet little boxes to give to people, and I know people loved getting that. Um, My husband and I... Every year we do a joint gift time together because again, he and either, we really don't have any needs necessarily. So this is something I gave to him one year on my own and now we've determined to plan and do it together. So what we do is we plan a date night for every month of the year, every month of the new year. So for 2018, we'll, um, we'll kind of talk together in December and think about different date options for January, February, March, etc. Uh, we write down the little ideas. We print it out and schedule the dates on the calendar as the months come up. And we just love looking forward to that time together. And it could be as simple as coffee dates with fun questions to talk about. Or we might choose a book to read together that month, to bike rides or walks at a local nature center, a game night or a movie night at home, dinner out, or even a weekend away. We try to do that at least one of the date nights, a weekend away somewhere together special. So the point I'm hoping to make here is so many times we worry about buying just the right gift and our hearts get off of celebrating the true gift with a capital G. Another aspect we love to add is we play Christmas music and we decorate the Christmas tree together as a family and we really enjoy remembering all the different occasions and memories that go along with the different ornaments that we hang on the tree. Uh, Music and books and movies are part of the season. I do try to plan ahead by putting special Christian-themed books in a basket to choose from to read. And then we bring out our Christmas movie selection. I keep all those movies in a basket, DVDs, although that's getting pretty obsolete now. I'm looking kind of old. I even still have VHS I bring out. But we love, like, the Nativity Story and Scrooge are some favorites. I love um, to use Spotify, so I'll put um, special Christmas playlists together uh, so I can really have Christ-focused music playing through the house for the season. I love to keep the Christmas cards we receive in a basket near the kitchen table so we can pray for those families of the cards we receive. And then we do plan special meals for Christmas Eve dinner. And that's something we've done since we've been a family. And even before I was married, that was something I did as a child. And we've just kind of kept that tradition. And then we do a breakfast together on Christmas Day. So it, we try to be intentional if we have singles or those without family nearby. We try to be sensitive to that and invite them into our home for the celebration. Our, our kids and, my, and the grandbabies, they live close. And my husband's um, father lives nearby. So we always get everybody to stay overnight so we can all wake up together on Christmas morning for our breakfast time together. And that's been very sweet. I'm very thankful for that. 
Um, so in that morning, Christmas morning prayer and the reading of Luke 2 is always part of our morning together. It's a sweet time that we can reflect on the goodness of the Lord over the past year. And it's always fun to hear what the littles have to share. I really enjoy that hearing from the babies. So this is the core of what we do. And because our schedule doesn't start jam-packed, there's always room there if um, there's a need that needs to be met or an opportunity comes up to minister to or with others in some way. Because sometimes we can start with such a full schedule, we don't leave room for those spontaneous moments to serve one another in some way because we just are too busy. So let's talk a little bit, what does it look like for you? So I love routines and rituals and having certain special moments to look forward to every year. I'm a creature of habit, but this may not be you and your family. But I do believe a good place to start is to sit down with your husband or even together as a family and talk about what items are most important in your celebration of Christmas. What traditions point you to Christ? What traditions take your focus off Christ that maybe you might want to change or modify a bit or eliminate? God's word is truth, and the Christmas story is not just a story, but an event that really happened. So what are some things we could do to honor the one, capital O, who came to give us eternal life? Those are maybe some questions to start as you determine what a simple Christ-focused Christmas looks like in your home. So Christmas has always been one of our favorite times of the year. But for many years, our family celebrated Christmas as non-believers because my husband and I came to faith in Christ a little later in our lives. We did all the normal traditions, but we left Jesus out because we didn't know him. It was like celebrating someone's birthday and forgetting to invite them to the party. Um, So when my husband and I came to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that changed how we viewed Christmas. So Christmas has now become a joyous celebration with a purpose. It's a time of worship and giving thanks to the one who has granted us eternal life. We still celebrated many of the same family traditions we loved, but now we had a whole different reason to be celebrating. Actually, we had a reason and a purpose now to be celebrating. So we tweaked some traditions, changed some, and we started some new ones. And I've always had a mindset that the simpler the tradition, the more likely it will be carried out. So I always recommend to choose several that have much meaning to your family and work. Yes, I said work because things don't just happen without being intentional at making sure they happen. It takes time to plan a daily family reading to keep your focus on Christ. So those of you who do family worship know that you need to plan and be diligent if it's going to happen every night or almost every night. It takes time to plan and be intentional um, when you're trying to personalize your gift giving and be intentional in the gifts you're giving or you're trying to think about how the focus is going to stay on Christ and not just the presence or the activities of the season. So what are some ways to include others and your family's activities, you know, thinking about singles and elderly. Those are some other things to ponder as you're thinking through your traditions and what you're going to do. So again, as I'm throwing this at you, and I'm throwing a lot here today, but as I say all that, please remember to offer yourself much grace. It's okay, like when you're doing family devotions, it's okay when you miss a day or more. Bring your heart back to the gospel and remember your salvation is not based upon your goodness to keep up with all these traditions and readings and rules or whatever you're setting that you've determined that you're going to do. But 
your your goodness is based upon who you are in Jesus Christ. So always remember that. Offer much grace because it is a busy season and things are going to go as planned and kids aren't going to sit still and you're not going to get to readings every day. And you know what? You may decorate the tree and never even get to talk about Jesus with your kids. God's mercies are new every morning and it is okay. So ladies, don't put a standard upon yourself that God does not even put upon you. All right. So Let's talk about what are some ways we can intentionally focus more on Christ in our families this this year, okay? And this is a good place to start because it's the point of our celebration that Christ would be glorified. And I think sometimes we look through to the traditions and that's good, but we forget the main thing the Lord wants us to do is to spend time with him in prayer and in his word. To love and care for my husband and children who he has blessed me with is another priority during this time still. they That doesn't stop just because things are busy. That's still a priority. Um, this takes precedent and brings him honor and glory over all the to-do list items that I have to take care of, right? I always think of that rock and sand illustration. And when I say this, I'm hoping it's a biblical illustration, but you kind of get what I'm saying here. So when I say this, I, I think about if I put all those big rocks, picture the glass jar and you put all the big rocks in first, I can pour the sand in all around them. But if I reverse it and I put the sand in first, I can't get those big rocks in. So the big rocks are the items that are of primary importance and time with the Lord is of utmost importance. So let's remember that because here's the reality. If I'm baking cookies for the whole neighborhood and delivering meals to the poor and needy and my own family is going without food and being neglected, I'm missing it, right? If I'm in a frenzy and aggravated because my calendar is overbooked with now having to meet the basic needs of caring for my family, I'm missing it. I'm missing Jesus. Our relationship with the Lord and the care of our immediate families is still a priority even during the Christmas season. I get it. There are busy moments, but that should be an exception and not the norm. And our attitudes, this is our big one, right? Our attitudes in those busy times is still an area we need to see God's help with. It's not an excuse to sin, right? That's not an excuse. There's no time that is ever an excuse to sin. So now the question, how do we intentionally keep the focus on Christ? It does begin with our own hearts and attitudes, and we do have such an impact in our homes as wives and mothers. I'm reminded here again of Mary. That first Christmas night was not this pristine, calm moment that we picture when we look at our pretty nativity scenes. Our homes can look anything but calm during this season, but Mary, who treasured and pondered these things in her heart, chose to trust the Lord in the midst of all the chaos and were reminded by her actions that true peace doesn't depend on our circumstances. Peace comes when we set our hearts on what's true and lasting and not on temporary earthly things. So how can we practically do this in our homes to keep the focus on Christ? So I'm going to share some thoughts. And again, my hope is not that it's being followed as a to-do list, but it's just to get your minds thinking how this looks lived out in your own families. I give our little example of what we do. So let's talk about some things, Christmas trees. I'm not going to get into controversy, but I'm assuming most of you probably put up a Christmas tree. So many of us have them, right? I love the smell of a real tree in our home this time of year. We've gone back and forth with real and artificial trees, and we're back with real trees again. Those grandchildren do amazing things to you. They are a true blessing. (laughs) So we're back to a real tree. But our ornaments on the tree have changed over time from Santas and reindeer to ones that have meaning in the celebration of the true meaning of Christmas. We have a nail, um, we have ornaments that are nativity scenes, names of Jesus ornaments, and various other ornaments that point us to Christ. 
There's um, a, a wonderful um, small business out there. It's called Ever Thine Home, and it's um, Barbara Rainey from um, Family Life Today. Her husband is Dennis Rainey. It's just a beautiful business, and they have been a great resource for me to find ornaments that help to naturally talk about Jesus as we decorate the tree. And we still have ornaments from trips taken and gifts given by people too, but it's a sweet time to share the true meaning of Christmas with a fun activity as decorating the tree together and talking about the different meaning behind some of the ornaments you're putting on. And you can really make it a fun time and a regular family tradition with cookies and Christmas carols playing in the background. Another area that I know we all decorate at Christmas are our nativity scenes. And I've been a collector of nativity scenes as I love how they keep Jesus as the center of the celebration. There's one under the tree. There's one in my entryway, in my foyer. And that one stays there year round because I just love it. I keep one on the coffee table. And then I have smaller ones in various rooms of the house. And I also have one that the children can play with. And it's a great visual resource when you're doing your Advent reading together with your kids too. Entertainment. This is a big area because we are continually entertained, right? And we can be intentional in the books we read and the ones we read together as a family. We can be intentional on what we watch together as a family. We can be intentional on what music we're listening together as a family. And I'm not saying that everything you listen to or watch or read has to be totally Christ-focused, but it's a good time of year to share with our family the songs and stories of Jesus, even through our entertainment. There's nothing wrong with listening to Christmas carols all year, but we just don't seem to do it, right? So it's a great season to expose them to some good, solid carols that teach theology. Learn the meaning behind some of the songs so you can share it as part of your family worship as you sing them together. There's some great carols that we love, things like Silent Night, Holy Night, While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks, What Child Is This, What Child Is This, Angels We Have Heard on High, and so many others, um, and even some movies. I think about... Um, we love things like The Greatest Christmas Pageant Ever, um, A Christmas Carol, I think of Scrooge. Uh, then I mentioned earlier The Nativity Story, and I there's, um, there's a great book out there. It's called Classic Readings for Christmas Peace by Stephen Nichols. Uh, I love this One Wintry Night by Ruth Graham Bell, and any of R.C. Sproul's children's books are excellent, even for us as adults to read. So what about our conversations? Our conversations during dinner can be intentional to bring the focus back on Christ Think about some questions that relate to Christmas and throw some out at the dinner table. Be prepared in advance for this. So think about some questions for kids to ponder. I think some fun ones are like, what sounds may have been heard in the stable Christmas night? Or what are some amazing facts about the Christmas story? Or what's your favorite tradition? What's your favorite Christmas carol? It's also a great way to take advantage of the spiritual opportunities this time of year brings in our conversation with friends and family that are not believers too. Um, Donald Whitney has a good resource. It's called 10 Questions to Ask at a Christmas Gathering. And I'll put the link to it in the show notes. But here's a couple of his questions. He has, what's the best thing that's happened to you since last Christmas? What's the most meaningful Christmas gift you've ever received? What was the most appreciated Christmas gift you've ever given? And what was your favorite Christmas tradition as a child? So just some good questions there. And I love his reminder at the end of the article that you must remember to pray before these times of divinely appointed gatherings. We talked about family devotions, and I always encourage families, if you're able to set aside a time for family worship, whether you're using a formal Advent reading resource or you're just reading God's Word together, ask questions and make it a special time to look forward together as a family. Maybe you gather around a nativity scene or you use an Advent wreath. 
I love candles, and it's a sweet reminder that Jesus is the light of the world and why we celebrate Christmas. This is a great season to start, too. If you're not in the habit of doing family devotions together, maybe you can sit with your husband and talk about it a little bit. Um, Gift giving. I do love the reminder that Jesus is the ultimate example that the best gifts cannot be bought or sold. And I shared earlier on some thoughts of inexpensive gifts that touch the heart, but I want to share on the opportunity again the season brings to give gifts that point to Jesus. There's some great books out there to give as gifts to unbelieving friends and family. Um, Grace to You and Wretched Radio have some good resources. Jesus Unmasked by Todd Friel from Wretched Radio is a favorite book of ours to give out. Um, they have a new evangelistic book too, and I'm blanking on the name of it. Um, I think it's called Don't Stub Your Toe or something like that. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes, but it looks like a neat little resource to keep on hand to give away. I'm going to bring out, um, bring our Christmas cards into it that they can be an evangelistic tool too. Uh, I know Answers in Genesis has some great Christmas cards and you can always enclose a personal letter or a Christmas focused gospel track to share in your cards too. And um, as I mentioned earlier, just keep a basket for the cards you receive or keep them in a special area and take the time to pray for those senders. Um, It's a great time to do that during dinner. It keeps our hearts others focused. And I love how the Lord uses prayer to remind us of the needs of others around us. And maybe they need a call or a note or a visit. Um, Serving others, this is a big one. It seems that during Christmas, Um, Our hearts are more others-focused, right, than other times during the year. Not that that should be, but it seems to be. And as Christians, we should always be others-focused, right? So I have lots of ideas on how to reach out to others with the gospel, but they don't always come to fruition. Um, And one of the reasons they don't is because I don't take the time to plan. So I wrote a blog post a while back that I refer to often myself. It's called 14 Simple Outreach Ideas with an Eternal Focus, and it has some simple and easy ideas to reach out to others in a practical way and with the gospel. I think of some things, singing Christmas carols in your neighborhood and bringing along a small gift for each home and maybe a little bag of candy with a track enclosed. You can do this at a nursing home too. And Living Waters has some great tracks, but one I love from them for nursing homes, and they just redid it this year. It's called Remember When. Keep some good gospel resources on hand in your home and in your car for those divine opportunities. And have some Bibles on hand always to hand out. Um, I know there's some great resources to get just cheap, really nice handout Bibles. So that's a great thing to, to do. And if I'll put a link to that in the show notes too, where to find some good giveaway Bibles. You can deliver cookies and Bibles to your local police and fire stations and tuck a gospel track inside each Bible by the Gospel of John. That's a great one. Um, don't forget to see what needs you can meet within your own church family. And also remember to reach out to the missionaries your church supports with cards and gifts to this time of year. Invite your neighbors over for dinner and include them in your time of family worship even. Just continue on with what you would normally do after dinner if you have guests over for dinner. That's a great testimony and a great way to share Christ with others. And um, one less evangelistic aspect I have is it's from a friend of mine, my friend Denise. And if you're listening, Denise, I love you. So this is a shout out. Her family just does the neatest thing. And they'll buy a, a nice giveaway book. Um, usually she gets them from the Good Book Company, or that's where I've been getting them from now, uh, because they are pretty inexpensive and there's some great resources for Christmas 
Um, there's one this year called Rescuing Christmas that we're going to use to give out. And last year we used the one from Alistair Bay called um, Christmas Playlist. But you can get them in quantities from the Good Book Company at a pretty inexpensive cost when you buy them. But she just show, she just keeps them wrapped and on hand and in her purse and handy. And when she's out and about running her errands, whether she's shopping or at a restaurant, she will give a, a gift to someone, whoever she's in contact with. And it's a, a gift that shares Jesus in it. And because it's wrapped and it's a gift, it is so well received. And the people are so touched to have gotten a gift from someone. Um, so I just think that's a sweet thing to be able to do. So again, this year we're going to use Rescuing Christmas from the Good Book Company. And I'm going to keep them wrapped and on hand and in my purse and in the car. And we'll be ready to go and hand out some gifts of the gospel as we go about our just normal errands. So that's a great tip. My last area to talk about is um, a birthday party for Jesus. So Jesus is the first Christmas gift, and many people celebrate with their children by having a birthday party for Jesus. And it can also be a way to reach out evangelistically to other families too. There are so many ways to have a birthday celebration for Jesus, but I'm you can figure that out on your own just from Pinterest or Googling. But I'm just going to throw out one thought that I remembered from Noel Piper's book that she wrote called Treasuring God in Our Traditions. She said that it, it may be easy for us to forget that this is Jesus's birthday. That usually means gifts to the birthday person. Children especially will think it normal that Jesus should receive something special for his birthday. We'll need to talk with them about what it means to give a gift to Jesus as we can't put it in his hand. One of the unusual things about Jesus is that when we give a gift to him, other people benefit. And Matthew 25, 40 comes to mind there. And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So pray where you may send or take a gift, missionaries or a family with special needs. And it can also be an act of service to someone in need too. It doesn't need to be a tangible gift. It may be the gift of your time is most needed. And sometimes that can be the hardest thing for us to give because our hearts are naturally selfish with our time, but that may be where you are needed. So in my closing today, my hope is we won't be those stress-laden people we see during the holidays, but ones that are filled with grace and love and hearts focused on Jesus and others during this Christmas season and really always, right? Christmas should be a joyous celebration and not a dreaded obligation. So take the time to be intentional and plan a Christ-centered Christmas with your family. So my ending thoughts here for me are we desire to have a Christ-centered celebration for ourselves and our families. But the greater hope that I have for us during this season is that our faith and hope in Jesus would be deepened and strengthened, and that we would look with anticipation and joy in his coming again. Jesus is enough always. Thank you so much, my dear friends, for spending a bit of your day with me here today. You can find the show notes from this podcast at thankfulhomemaker.com. And if you if you get to the website and it's not right up front there, you can always click on the podcast tab in the menu bar and you'll find all the lists of the podcast there in show notes. And again, if I've ever forgotten to put a link or something that I mentioned in the notes and you can't find it, you can contact me there at the blog too at thankfulhomemaker.com. So please let me know. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends and please leave a review or at the very least, if you could rate the show wherever you listen to your podcast, I would so greatly appreciate it and it helps others to find it too. So my dear friends, have a blessed week. 